0: Welcome to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brouwer, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Total Car Score podcast with Carl Brower and Lauren Fix. And uh, again, um, this week we're doing one of a uh, recap for 2020, crazy 2020. Uh, now uh, this week we have Russell Dats from Volvo. It's like, there's a lot of news
2: going on from from Volvo. So, how are you, Russell? I'm very well, Javier. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for for doing this. And again, crazy year, pandemic, COVID, no travel. We haven't seen you in a while. Um, but uh, thank you for doing this.
3: So, how are you, Carl? I'm doing good, you know. We're uh, closing down a bizarre year, as you've said, um, but I think uh, despite the upheaval in many of our lives, I'm still in one piece, and I guess in today's world, if you can say that much, you're, you're doing pretty well.
1: Yeah, and uh, Lauren uh, Russell, I have news for you. Lauren is not here to begin the show with us, because she's actually. I
0: just got back. Oh, I just got she's back. She's here,
1: Lauren.
0: <laughs> hey, I was out driving the XC Forty Recharge. You know, it's it was really too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'll be posting my review soon. Very cool, fun car.
2: Fantastic.
1: So, Russell, I don't know where do you want to start uh, with the update from Volvo because they're like again. Too many things. Uh, One of of those is like, if we take the nine months of the pandemic, can we say that was like the pregnancy of a new company out of Volvo with Polestar?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, it's actually a separate company, uh, Polestar is. That's the high-performance electric car division of uh, Volvo Cars. Uh, Volvo itself is a, uh, uh, you know, the the brand we all know and love, been around since 1927. Uh, We're in our 90s, 90-something year of existence, which is great, uh, and still leading the charge in terms of um, uh, safety. And now with our new lineup uh, of cars since 2016, uh, a competitor in the design area, which is not normally associated with Volvo, and and also connectivity. So we're, we're really proud of where we've come in the past few years. Carl? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've
3: watched the brand do so well uh, really over the past decade, um, you know, there was <clears throat> some interesting uh, shifts in pretty much every uh, automaker, every global brand over the past 10 years. Maybe some of them got caught doing things with their exhaust that they weren't supposed to be doing. Maybe some of them needed some government help for restructuring. It's been uh, a, a decade of uh, plus of upheaval in the industry. But in the midst of all that, obviously Volvo um, changed, uh, changed hands and changed ownership, but more impressive probably than than some of the other companies that have done this i feel like volvo has never lost its way it's only gotten stronger in the characteristics that uh, russell was just talking about in that it's a leader in safety first and foremost but also in design and technology in the last uh, several years and it's just been really rewarding to watch the uh, company do as well as it has done um, and really break a lot of new ground the tech side i'm a tech geek of course so Watching, you know, giant screens appear in their cars. Watching self-driving and, or sorry, self-parking technology coming in. Uh, a lot of advanced tech for uh, driver assist that's heading towards self-driving. But, you know, they were one of the first cars I ever drove that parked itself as I sat in the car and, and watched it do its thing from from the driver's seat as it was steering itself into a parking space. So um, they've won tech awards where I used to work. We gave them a tech award for the XC90 years ago because of how advanced it felt in the marketplace. So yeah, it's a brand that seems to be very much kind of keeping pace with all the changes in the world around us.
0: Lauren? Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Russ. Of course. We go way back. We, we go away, back. Russ and I have caused our trouble over the years. I would think, um, <laughs> but you know what? It, it, what's really great is to watch not just you grow and, and and with Volvo, but also watch a company that started with the seatbelt. And I think that's a really cool story. If you want to tell the story about the seatbelt, I think a lot of people don't know that.
2: Yeah. So thanks for thanks for that, um, Lauren. The the safety belt, the three point safety belt, was an invention of Volvo's that we introduced in cars in 1959. And they became standard in our cars shortly after that, and now they're standard equipment mandated by governments around the world uh, in all passenger, nearly all passenger vehicles. Um, in fact, uh, we estimate that to date they've saved a million lives, and uh, we hope to, with new technologies that uh, are coming about, will save a million more in the coming years. Um, this, the safety belt itself. Um, was invented by an engineer at our company, and since then uh, we have released. The, well, we immediately released the patent because we saw that uh, the benefit to society of putting seatbelts in all cars would deliver, and that's proven to be true. Um, so you can you can say actually that there's a little bit of Volvo in nearly every car on the road. We're proud of that. Um, but since then we've developed more uh, nearly twenty world firsts in safety. Um, some things that you. Uh, also take for granted, just like the safety belt, Um, things like side impact protection and whiplash protection, um, side curtain airbags. Those were all inventions of of Volvo. Um, And they have then since proliferated through to other vehicles. So Uh, we still take safety very seriously.
1: uh, Russell, you actually, they did a pretty extreme uh, crash test in Sweden. Uh, I think it was like earlier this month. Can you talk about that? I saw like Cars flying around and <laughs> <it's
2: just laughs> yeah, stuff like that. And trains, yeah. So um, this uh, this year marks the two decade anniversary of the Volvo Car Safety Center, uh, our crash lab in Sweden. Uh, and at the time of its opening in two thousand, it was one of the most advanced crash labs in the world, and it actually still is today. We we crash cars there all the time. Uh, we also have a a um, in the nineteen seventies. We actually started, so it's the fifty year anniversary of our accident investigation team. So for 50 years, every time there's an accident in the uh, Gothenburg area, a team of engineers is deployed to the scene to study the aftermath and to see the real world uh, impacts of impacts <laughs> uh, and, and their effects on passengers. And we take that data back to our safety center and put it into into play. The videos that you're referring to, Javier, was a demonstration of, or a recording actually, of how we took some cars and crashed them in a very special way. We actually dropped them from 30 meters from a crane, uh, either on their noses, their tails, their sides, to give emergency responders the ability to practice their techniques in extricating people quickly and safely from cars after accidents uh it's so it's so important you know they call it the golden hour and after an after a severe impact um that 60 minutes afterward can can determine whether or not somebody lives or dies so getting them out of the car quickly is critical and it enabled these uh first responder teams to study how cars uh particularly volvos uh, fare in impacts and how to get people out quickly
1: so this has to do with how the, the car is built, obviously, and then how easily it can be put apart by the rescuers, right?
2: Yes, exa- exactly. You know, there's uh, some, some uh, crashes require, you know, the jaws of life and power tools to cut away roofs and doors uh, because there's just no way to, to get people out otherwise. And with the advent of electric cars, uh, you know, that, that changes things considerably because you've got a different uh electrical system in the car and you've also got a 400 volt high voltage battery that uh you know if you if you do things the wrong way uh it could end pretty badly for the for the rescuer and others yeah that,
1: that was really impressive we have like one more minute in this segment. So, who wants to make a final question before we go into the new? I got a quick okay. one.
0: Russ, tell us. We, I know I've heard this and I've heard this from your executives. Just it really in a nutshell, tell us what your new, I call it a mantra, your new motto is about safety.
2: Well, it's, yeah, we're, we're looking to save a million more lives. Uh, you know, we are looking at, at ways that we can put technology into cars that will uh, save people from. Uh, you know, uh, unintentional uh, driving mishaps, for example, falling asleep at the wheel or uh, reduce the uh, impact of uh, driving under the influence with in-car cameras. Uh, We also have put a speed cap on all our cars of 112 miles an hour uh, because speed does cause uh, more serious injury and, and accidents. And we feel there's really no need to be going faster than that. Uh, and we're also looking at, uh, at ways to improve the interaction with vehicles uh, to reduce distraction.
1: That's amazing. So as I said, uh, we're running out of time in this segment. We're going to come back uh, to talk about the, the car that Lauren was just uh, driving, and it's up for Utility Vehicle of the Year. And Russell, no pressure. You're in front of Trujillo. So. <laughs> so let's see how it, that goes. We'll be back. All right. the Total Car Score podcast, and as I was saying, the three of us, Carl and myself, have driven already the Volvo XC40 recharge. So, Carl, do you want to give your first impression of that car, and then we can go on, and then we have Russell make his case for our boats. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be getting an email
2: soon.
3: (laughs) You know, um, the trick with an electric car, really, in my mind, is to make it feel like a traditional car but better and the way that an electric car if it's done well does that is that it has uh, less NVH which stands for noise vibration and harshness because as I like to joke there aren't explosions going on within five feet of your head like there usually is in most cars when there's an engine under the hood uh, and you're driving it Um, and there's also better low-end torque um, and there's no exhaust note so in theory if you are looking for a car to be a little quicker and feel not just a little, but maybe substantially more refined than most cars you've driven, that's what an EV should do. Otherwise, it should be kind of similar to a non-EV car because most other elements of modern cars are pretty good, except we'd all like them to be quicker and maybe quieter and more refined, at least mainstream consumers. I think Lauren and I might question the definition of more refined, because we both also like to hear and feel uh, internal combustion engines. But the average consumer would love the idea that the cars are getting quieter and having even less vibration in them. And that's basically what the XC40 Recharge is. It's an XC40, which is already a really, really good car, but well executed. Uh, in the, the interior space and the, versus the exterior footprint size is very space efficient, looks cool. I've gotten good comments when I've drive, driven them around from a styling point of view, and they're very safe. And the recharge version is all of those things, but it's a little quicker and a li- and and not a little, but a chunk more uh, refined and uh, quiet. So that's a pretty good argument for EVs in general and EV versions of cars like an, uh, an XC40 in particular. That that would be my assessment of the vehicle after driving it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and as we said, Lauren just drove it like minutes ago, so her memory is much fresher than mine. So I want to say what I, I experienced, it actually it was not many days ago either, but the first thing that people are going to notice is that there's no start key, uh, start button. So like you get in the car and uh, you say, okay, how do I turn it on? The car is already on when you, when you open the door, basically, because um, Rose, uh, Russell can explain it better than me, but... Uh, The car, I guess, detects the the function of the key, the and the the opening of the door and your presence, I guess, when you sit. But then the car is ready to drive when you start. And as as Carl already mentioned, like the, the the qualities of the of the silence in the cabin and the torque and all those kind of things. So that was. That's really, really cool. It can be a little bit, um, uh, what's the right word? I mean, like some people will be surprised, let's say, but about that. And then there's the, all the other technology, like the Google implementation, all the Google platform. Uh, so in general, again, like as Carl said, like regular XC40, which two of my neighbors have in front and to the right. So very popular. And actually, no, a third one is getting one very soon. So maybe they can get the recharge if it's already in their time frame, but impressive car, impressive design, and um, really, really cool tech. So your turn, Lauren.
0: Okay. Well, um, my girlfriend, actually a family member, um, purchased an XC40, and uh, she was in an, another European brand. And so she loves it. Just so ecstatic with the drive and everything about it. And that's just a regular gasoline-powered XC40. But when you drive the recharge, you don't lose that experience. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you do lose in some cars. You you feel disconnected to the road. I, I'll, I'll say I've driven other brands that are on the uh, SUV uh, the year potential list, and they feel disconnected. You're you're driving it thinking, I don't even know if I'm driving. It's just weird. It's like a golf cart. And you don't, you don't lose that experience. I think the one thing about Volvo that's overlooked a lot is the fact that it is a European vehicle. Uh, It's built and designed in Sweden. And I think that's awesome. I mean, I really uh, think that's, that's a big difference And the car itself is no different. You don't see anything different than an XC40 other than the propulsion of that and uh, volvo did a great job and they include all the adapters and everything you need which i think is important uh, and overall i i'm i'm very impressed with the car i think it was fun to drive i really had a lot of fun with it
2: Oh, no, we appreciate that guys um and and you guys hit on a whole bunch of valid points you know the, the point of the xc40 which was actually designed from the ground up to be a pure electric vehicle at some point which is now and one that doesn't look any different from other cars except for very subtle differences like a solid grill and the charge point on the left side instead of the fuel fill on the right side so it integrates very well you lose no space on the inside of the car it's 150 horsepower more than the standard gasoline car Um, it gets uh, over 200 miles of range which javier we talked about a little bit is not really relevant because the way most people drive is well within what they do on a daily basis and you don't have to think about it as long as you can charge at home or at work Uh, you recharge it like your phone and you use it every day and you never know uh you never know that there's uh uh, uh, any kind of limitation which there really there really isn't but the most significant difference aside from electric powertrain uh, aside from the kind of stealth ev that it is uh, is the the volvo cars was the first automaker to partner with google to bring google services like google maps and google assistant and Google Play into the car in in an embedded way. So uh, if you're an Android user, and even if you're an iPhone user, the iPhone adapts, but you just say in the car, hey, Google, and you can do everything with the car that you would do on your Android phone, Um, get directions, operate the system, find a restaurant, call your contacts, uh, even surf the uh, the CarPlay store for third party apps. And that we feel that's a real paradigm shift in the way people will interact with their vehicles, because now you have the the natural voice operation of Google Android, which is far superior to anything that any other automaker puts in their cars. Now, it learns your terminology. And uh, the functionality actually ties into vehicle functions, not just what Google can do. So I can adjust the temperature in the car. I can turn on and off the seat heaters. I can find charging stations. I can find out what the range. Hey, Google, what is the range left on my battery? Um, You can even say, hey, Google, uh, give me directions to Orlando, let's say from Miami, right? And we know that's quite a distance. You might need, or even Jacksonville, right? You might need to stop along the way and find some charging stations to get you where you need to go. The Google Assistant actually works out where you will need to charge in ideal ways and at ideal times for the quickest charge. It's all tied into the battery and the recharge system so that it doesn't just find you the closest charge station. It finds you the optimal charging station to recharge your battery in the quickest amount of time to get you on the road and and keep going to your destination. Uh, And that is a huge advantage uh, for any vehicle, let alone an electric car.
1: Yeah, I did experience the, the Google platform. I really worked really well. I drove it last Friday and actually needed to go to a post office. I, I asked post office near me, like, just like you've been seeing in the ads lately on TV for Google. And sure enough, like within seconds, it took me there. And then I tried, I always tried to do this because of the mixture of uh, languages and all that. So after I did all that, I wanted to have lunch. I said like, I want to eat tacos, and it understood obviously tacos as uh, sushi, as you I think you were talking about before the recording. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like a universal war now. It's not it's Japanese or, or Spanish, but it's really integrated into into the English language, so it works really really well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna run, we're running out of time again, but when we come back, I want to talk to another other aspect of it, uh, Russell, and you mentioned it briefly, but the, I actually called you with this uh, question when I was driving the car, so. Uh, let's go to a little break and we come back with that. Welcome back to the last segment of the, today's episode of the Total Car Score podcast. As I was saying, we are talking with Russell Datz from Volvo and uh, we, uh, Lauren, Carl, and myself have experienced the XC40. So, Russell... I call you because I couldn't find the mild range left from the battery. I could see that it was 95% of the battery, and then I ask you, and then you tell me what.
2: Yeah, we are moving away from showing the battery range on the dashboard of our cars like other, uh, electric, vehicle, uh, other electric vehicles do. And we, we just show a percentage of the battery charge, just like on your phone right? You don't, when you see your phone and you see your battery charge, it doesn't say, you know, 20 minutes of talk time left or whatever it might be. You have an idea of how much power is left uh, from that icon. Um, And our our philosophy behind that is that, you know, the the range changes often depending on the conditions of your driving. Um, uh, You know, a 50% battery charge on a flat road is going to give you a different Travel distance than if you were on an uphill or driving into a headwind or in colder temperatures. Uh, and as the temperatures change uh, or the incline changes or the winds change, that's going to change the range too. So, so one minute you can be looking at your range and it says 150 miles left. You look away for a second and then you look back at your gauge and now you've got 120 miles left. And you're like, what happened? I just had 150. So by by keeping it to a percentage. It lowers stress, and that's part of our overall philosophy, excuse me, our overall philosophy of of driving is to lower stress and provide that Scandinavian sanctuary in a car so that when you get out after your drive, you feel almost more refreshed than you did when you got in the car. Uh, And it also simplifies the display. Uh, So it's just that one, you know, energy gauge at the bottom. And as you drive a car and learn how it works, uh, it becomes second nature.
3: Carl? Well, it's an interesting approach and it, and you know, all the reasons that you gave just now, Russ makes sense, uh, in terms of the kind of almost not quite uselessness, but highly suspect range figures you see on any electric car. Um, you know, we leased a Fiat 500 E for three years cause it was 49 bucks a month. So I was like, okay, there's just no losing on this deal. So we got, we got one and we were pretty happy with it for the most part. Um, but, you know, we quickly figured out that when you were driving it around at sub 50 or even 60 mile per hour's ranges and, and speeds, it would get approximately 80 to 100 mile range as it was supposed to. And then as soon as you got on one of the freeways near us here in South Orange County and started driving for more than about five to seven minutes, you'd lose 20, 30 percent of your range that you had 10 minutes earlier because you were on the freeway now. And so it became very clear that it's like, yeah, if you want to drive this thing on the freeway, you got to re completely recalibrate how far it's going to go before it runs out of juice. Um, but the battery, you know, percentage didn't swing around like that. Obviously, it would actually just slowly count itself down and count down a little quicker when you were on the freeway, but it wasn't giving you 30% swings and battery, battery life. So I, I see what you're saying. The, the flip side of that argument, of course, is that, you know, people, I'm one of them because I tend to be kind of ocd on planning we want to know i'm all about like when i'm driving any car internal combustion engine cars i love putting range i just pop the range up there especially if i'm making a longer drive and i can just glance at that range whenever i want to and kind of have a and be kind of comparing it to how long i want to go before i have to stop for fuel so to take that ability away and just have percentage is also going to probably have some people saying you know i That percentage doesn't tell me when I have to stop for recharging, how much time before I stop for recharging, or
2: I should say how much distance before I have to stop and recharge. So It actually will, Carl, when it gets down, just like the light comes on when your fuel is low. There is a feature that does the same thing in this car. And you can always ask Google, what's the range on my battery? Hey, Google, what's the range on my battery? So it's not like we've eliminated it completely, but... We didn't see any point in keeping a range on there when the battery is above, and I have to get the exact number, but at least 20%, I would say.
1: So there's a learning curve, obviously. So, Lauren, you just experienced it. How How is it? Um, obviously, you. I don't know if you drove enough to deploy, deploy the whole battery, but how was it?
0: Well, I tend to be a lead foot, so <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those ones who will drive it in the most aggressive mode. Uh, I've never been one of those people that just, like, coast to a, a red light. You know, you drive to a red light. Are you light. a
2: late breaker at the red lights, Lauren?
0: Yes, I am. <laughs> it's a racing thing, you know? You want to go in, deep into the corner, hit the apex, and power on, of you course. know? Of um, course. But, I am too. And, 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 yeah, well, that's I like to drive a very, in a very spirited method. Um, <laughs> all my vehicles are that way. But I, I think the, the one thing is I think you can still have fun with this car. I mean, it's really designed for what it is. I mean, it's not meant to go on a trek. It's meant to be fun around town to, you know, get where you need to be. And And most people aren't driving those long distances. I mean, I just did a 15-hour ride from New York to Florida and back. Uh, I used a diesel, but I don't know if I'd want to be doing those charging stations because where I live, there isn't any. There's one fast charging station in the whole area uh, that that is open to everybody. Otherwise, they're on dealer lots. So it just makes it a little challenging depending upon where you are. So I think that's part of what you need to find out. Does it meet your needs? Are you going to put a charging station in your home? What's the cost? What kind of discounts are there? I mean, Volvo will give you that seventy five hundred dollar discount that you get from the federal government. Plus, your state might have it. Your company might offer that. So you might be saving a lot of money, but I always tell people, check your insurance rates because that's all going to make the difference when you look at the bottom line.
1: Yeah, and Russell, I believe you guys have some news about recharging, right? We do? Which one?
2: (laughs) (laughs) If if you're referring to the recent partnership we made with ChargePoint, uh, that's probably it. We partnered with ChargePoint, which has the largest... uh, number of uh, recharge stations in the country they also have partners uh like uh uh, ev go so that a a charge station is really never far away and if you do have an electric uh, level 2 220 volt charger in your home uh, you can always charge at home And, and i would uh i would recommend anybody who's considering an electric vehicle uh, that they absolutely get a level two charger in the home, in the, in, installed in their homes. It's not very expensive when you think about the overall price of the vehicle. And it is really the key to making sure that you will have a fantastic EV experience, whatever the brand. Uh, most people drive, Most people's driving most of the time is commuting. And most people commute 26 mo- minutes a day. So if you are, you know, 200 miles, 250 miles is well into a week's worth of commuting for most people without recharging. And then once you have a recharger at home or if you have one at work, uh, (laughs) the the, the limits are are pretty boundless. Uh, The only time that you really have to start thinking a little bit differently is when you're going on a long trip for the holidays or something that in one shot is a long ways past the range of the battery. And even then uh, in the XC40 with, with Google and ChargePoint, point, uh, like I said, the charge station is really never far away. So Russ, we know
3: that focus on safety is really kind of core to the history of Volvo and they've been touting their safety as they should for a long time. And one of the things that Volvo was touting was the, um, Vision 2020, I think it was, it was basically a focus on where safety will be by 2020, which we're about to finish off, as we all know. But this was years ago uh, where Volvo wanted to be with reference to their vehicle and them as a brand in terms of vehicle safety by
2: 2020. Can you tell us a little about that? Sure. So some years ago, we did set forth Vision 2020, which was uh, an aim that nobody should be killed or seriously injured in a new Volvo car. Uh, this was in 2008, Uh, it is now 2020. Our cars are the safest they've ever been. We continue to develop safety technology and features to make them safer uh, using ADAS systems, using um, uh, things like uh, uh, vertical crumple zones in our front seats. Not many people are aware of that. That's unique to Volvo. And I can explain more about it if you want me to. Uh, But our vision now is extending all the way into the future that that is a permanent vision now, that nobody should be killed or seriously injured in a Volvo car in the future. Uh, So it it has always been a vision. Uh, There was never really a a specific uh, data metric that this would occur by now, but it has moved us in a direction where safety is as important as ever and always will be.
1: That's very interesting. So uh, Russell, I think Lauren wants to go out and drive the xc V40 recharge again. So I do, play. I do.
0: I actually, I, yeah. I just came That's in for good... this call and I wanted to talk to you and say hello and wish you happy holidays and happy new year and all that. And
2: Thank you, thank you, you too.
0: And uh, get back out in the car. I got to get that post to post that review up pretty quick on Car Coach Reports. Go
2: go, go squeeze all 402 horsepower and 486 pounds of torque out of that thing. Would I you? will. <laughs>
1: okay, Lauren, we'll talk to you Uh Next week. And we're going to finish up with Russell here a few more, a couple more meals with Carl. So go ahead and enjoy the car. Take care. Thanks,
2: Lauren. Take care, Great to Lauren. talk have to you. Fun. Bye.
1: So Russell, um, again, um, Volvo is uh, in his in best moment in life. I mean, I think mm. that the whole automotive industry and we have, we're finishing up a very difficult year, but like tell us uh, a little bit of the recap for the year and what are you looking for in 2021?
2: Sure. Well, look, you're right. Volvo is in a great place. Um, when I joined the company in 2015, uh, it was not in a great place. In fact, some media were predicting it would exit the market here in the United States. Um, that is f- the furthest thing from the truth now that there ever was. We have had uh, six consecutive months of year-over-year growth, uh, where, where uh, we recovered very quickly from the, from the original shutdown on the pandemic by making our showrooms as safe as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, we have research that shows that Volvo, uh, because of its safety reputation, is a safe brand for new car buyers. we think that's what's driving those sales. Uh, we're doing very, very well. And I'm, I'm really proud to be at this company. You know, the the, the three of us, we, we go way back. You know, I've been, you know, my past, um, I have never been uh, more excited and more proud to be at a particular automaker than I am right now with this company. The the company's values are fantastic. the The Scandinavian approach to business is very smart. It's not about being first; it's about being right, uh, and it's uh, an interesting way. It's it's a it's a it's the long game, right? Volvo is playing the long game and doing very well at it, and putting its customers first by developing these safety features by putting technology in its cars that serves a purpose, not just for technology's sake, and developing new ways, you know, trying to meet the customer where they want to be with products like uh, Care by Volvo, which is a subscription service to our cars, like uh, Volvo Valet, which is a remote service service where you can actually uh, make an appointment on your smartphone with a dealer for service and they'll come pick up your car and drop it off. So you never have to go to the dealership. That's especially poignant in these coronavirus times. Actually, it wasn't a reaction to coronavirus. We were working on that. But when the coronavirus hit, we accelerated that program by three, four months. So uh, we're trying to be forward thinking. We're trying to understand our customers more always and give them what they want. as opposed to what they want to show to other people. And I'll I'll go into that a little bit, uh, if I may. Uh, The Volvo buyer uh, is a very confident, some of the wealthiest customers uh, there are, some of the most educated customers there are out there. uh, And they know what they want. They want vehicles and things that they appreciate for those things, as opposed to the effect that they have on other people. Nobody's buying a Volvo to impress other people. They buy Volvos because they appreciate what they deliver for them and how they fit into their lifestyles.
3: Carl? Well, I think that's all true. And and I think, uh, you know, it's always very telling when you have someone who's who's inside the company and they're willing to speak at the uh, level that you're speaking at, Russ, in terms of, you know, desire and happiness and fulfillment uh, that goes along with working for Volvo. So to me, that's, uh, that's very telling, uh, and good to hear, by the way, congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think it's great. And I think it, 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 reflects on the outside, what seems, what sounds like is going on on the inside from your perspective. And it all kind of makes sense as opposed to feeling like there's a disconnect at all. It doesn't feel that way at all. And it is funny to think back to the perspective perspective and the impression that a lot of people had of Volvo, not that long ago, you know, that it was brand that was under a lot of challenges and and may or may not have a long-term uh, prognosis that looked good uh and i don't think anyone would put would would re- you know put any of those characteristics or compare the the brand to that circumstance at all now i think it's very clear where the, where the brand is and where it's going and that it seems pretty secure and uh pretty clear where where they want to where they want to go and what they want to do um i don't know javier anything else you'd want to add
1: well, no, just uh, thank you, Russell, for the time. And uh, as everybody is saying in these uh, Zoom, um, Zoom calls or Skype or whatever, I wish it was in person. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me too. We'll, we'll be back soon. This is temporary. Uh, we're, we're getting there. Not a bad yeah. time in human history to have a plague.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, well, thank you very much again, Russell. And uh, thank you, Carl. And uh, we'll report back uh, when Lauren comes back from driving the XC40. And um, good luck with the voting at Nactoy. We're not telling you anything now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, we appreciate it, guys. We hope we can win on the merits of the car. Uh, um, you know, we're excited about it. And we don't want to underestimate or – and you shouldn't underestimate estimate either the, the the significance of that Google integration. Uh, it's really important, and it's uh, it's going to be in an, all our products moving forward uh, sooner and later. And we're super proud of the fact that uh, Volvo, of all the other manufacturers that Google could have chosen to work with, uh, they, they chose to work with us.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you very much again. Thank you, Carl. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you
3: next week, OK? OK. Excellent. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com.